where we discuss the movie Titanic minute by minute. Joined, as always, by my good friends, Joe and Duff. We are ready to set sail for you. Hello, fellow passengers. Uh, In this minute, minute 22, we arrive in 1912. Um, We dissolve. We We dissolve. dissolve. With a beautiful shot. Can it be a graphic match if it's the same thing? Just oh. 80 years apart or whatever? Uh, I think so. I mean, that's going to be a, another question we can ask later on when we when we dissolve from young Rose's eyes to old Rose's eyes. Yeah, I guess that's a dumb question. Of course it is. Um, I think I think this visual effect still holds up and looks great. Yeah, except for the people walking, but, I mean, whatever. Yeah. This one, but... Later on, we have more of the people walking, but this one doesn't have as much of that. And, like, the water looks great. And considering this is a 1997 film, that's pretty amazing that the water looks like water should look. And water is really hard to render in CGI. So to this day, I believe, it's still a just a beast to mess with. Yeah, and it, it, it looks so good. I mean, I agree. The people are the things that sort of have, like, a bit of uncanny valley to them, but... Um, especially this shot, it's not too bad. There's ones later on in the movie where it sort of moves over people where you can kind of notice it a little more. Um, also, this is, maybe I'm wrong, is this the largest set ever right here? Uh, officially, I don't know. Do you, Joe? I have no idea. I I would venture that there were a couple really lavish uh productions like cleopatra that may have been bigger but i don't know that's a good question because we have this you know we have this ship this like (laughs) this i forgot the scale of it but like 85 percent the size of titanic or something like that um we have a thousand plus extras all in their costumes from 1912 it's like a you know you have these cars you've got all this going on it's just like a massive massive set or yeah I mean, not set but you know yeah set kind of i mean they built well it's there. at this point this is the three-quarter scale model in mexico i think and yeah. then and then the white you know like the dock and the people are inserted or cgi no i think this is in mexico i in fact i know that for sure this is all shot in mexico this is where they built the this is where they built the model of Titanic, and this is um, on here. So I have a, a, a very interesting thing about the scene based off that, in that when they um, when they built this model ship, they only sort of worried about one half of, the, of it. So they had the um, starboard side that they sort of built out. Right. And in history, when they were in Southampton, which is where this is, is at, it was on the port side that they would have – would have had this so the way james cameron and team decided to get around this and i think this is just insane this is another like how crazy james cameron is is they flopped the set so everything you see here like when you see the signs you see like uh 
White Star Line, everyone has the hats, Francis, all that is actually written in reverse. And so he sh- he shot it all essentially backwards so that then he could flip the film and then it would look like the boat was there on the port side. That's de- that's impressive dedication to something that ultimately doesn't matter that much for the sake of the story. Right? Like, that's the crazy thing. You could have just had it on the starboard side and people would have probably been fine. Like, I'm sure there would have been someone to be like, well, you know, it's this not right. a perfect segue to what I wanted to talk about today. Oh, perfect. There's really only one line of dialogue, pretty much. And is the, what does he say? The boy, that's a big boat. Yeah, the girl's little girl yeah. says, Daddy, that's a ship. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, Daddy, it's a ship. And this just doomed this movie to <laughs> now decades of just pedantic nonsense reactions from dorks like Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Like James Cameron himself. Um, opens that Pandora's box in this minute with that worthless line. Why? Why is it in there? I don't know. And then now we are doomed to an, an article every year about whether Jack could have fit on that stupid door. <laughs> and the science nerd who likes to ruin every movie that ever comes out complaining yeah. about the stars. Oh my god! <laughs> in, I think or or the uh, or the other the other example I was going to say is uh, trying to watch a war movie with a veteran who will then point out every little detail on badges and guns and things like that. Yep. At least that I'm okay with because they did it like Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm just like, Oh my God, who cares? Go log off of Twitter, please just stop it. Stop it. Is there something you could be, there's something useful you could tell us instead of, Pointing out as Joe says, like, the stars are wrong in Titanic. Okay. His whole brand is like, I'm going to make science fun for everybody again and make it cool. And I'm going to do that by going to see every blockbuster movie and pointing out the inaccuracies in science. Yeah. Mr. Well, actually himself. Yeah. Uh, Professor Cinema Sins. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we're all in agreement on that. But, I mean, how crazy. I mean, so, so Joe, I think the, you have a good here's, point. The other weird thing about this is this the little girl that's Cora mm-hmm. who shows up a couple times again in the movie. She shows up at the if I'm not mistaken the third class party. Yep. And then isn't she um she shows up during the sinking again. Um so and Cora is supposed to be more or less a uh, an urchin. Like these are the steerage people, right? Mm-hmm. And yet somehow Cora is Our people. really yeah. Yes. Somehow Cora is really woke when it comes to uh, the titling of boat versus ship. Like, well, where'd, she, um, where'd um, she pick um, up this knowledge? Uh, Dad, a boat can fit on a ship, but a ship can't fit on a boat. Mm-hmm. Everyone like, knows that. Yep, it's like monkeys and tails. What? Not oh, all okay. yeah, monkeys I got you. have yep. tails. Uh, also, the other tales, connection... All tales have monkeys. <laughs> all tales have monkeys. <laughs> I was right. thinking it, but didn't say it. Um, the other connection we have from what we've seen earlier in this minute is Korra has that doll. So that doll that we saw, um, that's I'm assuming that's this doll. Yes, the, the doll's head we saw underwater. And the other connection we have in this minute is the uh, 1912 Renault car, which um, we'll see more later on in this movie. <laughs> Yes. Pretty clean windows on that car, did you notice? (laughs) 
that's so that's another well actually people will be like was that car actually there and the answer is it was there was actually on the titanic except it probably wasn't like it was probably in a crate it wasn't you know f- with wheels and fully assembled and being put up on there but yeah that, do- that does seem like a very uh non-secure way to transport something on wheels yeah like, let's not let's not put up any barriers around it let's just put it on a platform um I also did some research in uh, Cora's father. That is Bert Cartmill. That's his name in the movie. So That's his I guess character's she... name, not the actor? Yep. Yeah, the character's name. So it's Cora Cartmill? Okay. Uh, the, the other thing I want to point out is we see the health inspector, which um, we start to... In this scene, we start to Cora is one of the first, but we start to see a bunch of characters that we'll talk about this week that uh, we will see throughout the movie. And I think that's one of the other things about this movie is like being an extra on Titanic actually was awful <laughs> because like it wasn't like hey just show up for a couple days and stand around like you had to like there was like an etiquette coach and you had to like get your costuming and you played different roles and you like you know, hold on say that one again what kind of coach an etiquette coach okay that's and better. you would. You would like have your costumes and your different like ways you're supposed to, I don't know, move or you, like. You, you get to wear a costume designed for the English seaboard, except you're actually in Mexico when it's a hundred degrees. Exactly, and then you get thrown in the water later in the shoot. To like... yeah, then you, you get to spend a solid month just waiting in water every day. Yeah, it's like they had like a core group of extras that did all this stuff, which is insane. And don't they? They had to pay these people because most of the time extras don't get paid. Am I right? Oh no, you get paid. You get paid. Yeah, not much, but you get paid. Joe and I famously were extras. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Of. So, did you guys make make money off that venture? Yeah, I mean, we made money because we had nothing else to do. But like, I think we made. I think we worked. <laughs> I think we worked two days and made like what one hundred and twenty dollars. Does that sound like right, that. Joe? Yeah, yeah, something like that. All right. So, I mean, I see I was not aware of this. I wonder if there's a, a some rule about how close you are because I I was not there, but I uh short digression, I am in Minneapolis and in the early 90s there was kind of a film boom in Minnesota. Yeah, jingle and, all the way. Well, uh, this is even before that, but yes, jingle all the way. <laughs> uh the grumpy old men movies, but I, there were open calls for extras to be in a couple movies, um, Mighty Ducks and uh, Little Big League. And I oh, remember yeah. I, I knew some kids who went to that. And one of them was you just sat in the Metrodome all day while they did scenes for Little Big League. And I'm wondering if they got paid. Like, I wonder how that worked. Yeah. They filmed stuff at Miller Park, too, for Mr. 3000. Yeah the not what well, not widely seen Bernie Mac baseball movie. Yeah, they they didn't get paid. I don't know why anyone on earth would do that. Then you just and they filmed at night, so you'd just be there all night. Yeah. Um also in this minute, as this minute ends, we see our hero in the movie. Our the one we for sure know is the real Rose. We see Rose and her uh her gold-plated car (laughs) her yeah and her purple hat a absolutely fantastic reveal yeah um it's fine i'm a big fan of that hat and i feel like that was like a a 
back pre pre meme the the hat would have just been a what a trend as the kids say in the 90s <laughs> that there's that i feel like there were a lot of jokes and a lot of fashion stuff about that hat um do you guys remember any of this no. i don't i'm it's it's my favorite rose outfit in the entire movie is her boarding outfit her yeah the you ranked the, her outfits i'm doing it for this it's number one <laughs> It's uh, awesome. It's a big purple hat. It's got no, like pinstripes. I'm I'm on team Rob for this. Like it's it's a spectacular outfit, especially because it contrasted against all the steerage people and all the people who are just in, you know, earth tones. And she comes out in very striking purple and kind of a cream pinstripe ensemble. Yeah. And even the way it like, you know, it's shot from the top so her hand comes out and then like her foot and the umbrella and then you see the hat and then she looks up and you see Kate Winslet's face and like it's awesome. It's a, an absolutely fantastic reveal of a main character. It's too bad it was Senator ruined did. by the old lady. Yeah. Or earlier. Joe, do you have something to say? Send her to the guillotine. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> rich opulence. Give me a break. <laughs> You don't. You don't want a gold-plated car. No, I'll get my toilet gold-plated first. <laughs> Joe, do you have anything else on this? You usually you usually got something to say. Seems like you're a little upset about Rose and her her uh, no, snobbiness. I mean, it, uh, no, yeah, I mean, not really. It's not her fault. Jack's gonna teach her. I just <laughs> the boat. I don't care about this big dumb boat. I'm sorry. It's a ship. <laughs> I said that on purpose <laughs> to make James Cameron mad. I I just this is the first time we pretty much the first time we see it in its its splendor um, before it crashed into a bunch of ice and sank. Would we care about this ship if it didn't sink? No. 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 So I don't care about this big dumb ship. I mean. There's there's ships now that are like five times bigger than this thing floating around in the ocean right now. I guess I just don't. You guys seem I know Rob in particular, so I'm more enamored. Is the ship itself actually interest you, or is it just the story of it sinking to the bottom of the ocean that makes it so interesting? I mean, it's the story, but I think there's also something to say about like this was at the time the like you know greatest technological marvel. <laughs> At least, you know, in regards to, like, how large and opulent it was and for it to just, like, hit <laughs> an iceberg and crash it sort of, like, makes it more interesting, right? I mean, it would be like if uh, – I hope this doesn't happen, but it would be like if um, if we finally get our self-driving cars and they all hit the market at once and our bunch of buys a bunch and they all, they all just crash. And you'd be like, oh, <laughs> I guess they weren't that like, great. I guess, like, my thing is, you know, I'm, watch, I'm watching this again now and, and the, it, it – dissolves into the the actually you know the titanic above the surface of the ocean and um i guess i'm just not that awestruck by it and 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 that's okay i mean it is it and i think most people agree it's it's the story of it that makes it so impressive but i guess it's just in movies like this i'm so much more um amazed when they show like those old sailing ships like in master and commander and and movies like that i just think that those are so much cooler looking and more impressive to me i was just wondering if i was the only idiot that feels that way uh do you think your opinion would have been different if you saw it in the theater in a widescreen format no really <laughs> no i don't All think right. so 
I mean, I, I, I think the fact that like, I generally kind of agree with you, like the idea that there was these like wooden ships that were out that people would sail across like continents with and stuff is, is pretty insane. Um, you know, with like naturally sailing, right. This is, this is steam powered and it's a propeller and it's just sort of like a less interesting and sort of in its own right, seems like just a less dangerous thing to do. Um, but I do Little find did they like, know. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that is a big part of it because it, you literally could not write up a, you know, more fitting example of man's hubris. And I think that's one of the things that attracts us to it is just, yeah. And it attracts it, me to talk- the story too. Hold on. Are we talking about Titanic or James Cameron? <laughs> his marriages you mean oh boy so i uh i guess i just don't find that that sort of model style of ship all that aesthetically pleasing maybe that's maybe that's just it but i don't know i'm sure this will make people mad and they'll make fun of me and that's fine I, I, i'm still i'm still above water so jokes on titanic <laughs> i I've said this before, and I, I've probably also prefaced it with this sounds like a real a real film school pretentious thing to say, but I, as I, the first time I saw this movie, I felt like the boat was a character. Um, and there are certain movies where the setting comes a character, and the big cliche nowadays is New York City is a character in itself. But I was going to say that there are movies like, like Ghostbusters, where you feel like the city is such feels so alive and has such a unique aspect to it that it becomes a character in itself and the ship has always been that way for me uh even though i that style of shipbuilding i agree is not nearly as cool or interesting as handcrafted ships from even 50 years before if that makes sense I think what we need is for the three of us to go on a journey at sea so I yes! develop a greater appreciation for this. Joe, I remember that there was a uh, semi-binding agreement with us and some others about uh, attending Mr. Rock on his cruise. <laughs> Senator Rock? Yes, Senate, Senator Rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it seems, it seems like the only way for me to appreciate modern seafaring engineering is by going on senator rock's cruise <laughs> listen there's been too many shout outs to kid rock and his dumb cruise on this podcast <laughs> already we're just Moratorium getting people we're warming them up for when we hit get that gofundme going to send the three of us on senator I'm, rock's cruise i'm trying to get him to sponsor us we'll put up some cam- <laughs> campaign banners pop-up ads and whatnot oh man uh <laughs> I I don't have anything else in this minute. I was I thought I did, but I don't. Vote for no. Senator Rock and, and make <laughs> the libs sick. <laughs> Troll the libs. Oh my gosh, stop it. Stop it. Do you want to go on this cruise or not? I mean, if it's paid for, I'll I'll say anything. <laughs> there there you go. You, there you go. You you will give Senator Rock the respect he is owed as a member of our congressional body. <laughs> All right. Minute 22. Anything else? End it. End it. All right. Tomorrow we will be back. We have a, uh, a heart of the ocean. Uh, we're going to meet Rose and Cal. Spoilers. And we, we think it's time to bring in a relationship expert. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a listener from Tombstone Minute, you know what that means. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Titanic Minute.